Good morning. Glad that you're here. Let me, um, two things. Kim, uh, she, we, we, she does a great job with announcements, but she does not like to get up here and, and do that. It, it, you wouldn't know that, would you? I mean, she's really good at it. She's comfortable at it. And last night when she said, um, you know, think back when you were a kid, a couple of memories when you were a kid, um, when she said that, the Lord brought something back to me that I thought I would share because you just never know. I was nine and my dad, he was a pilot and had accepted a job out of state. So we moved and we moved into a newer neighborhood that was being built out. And um, there was a family next door to us with a kid roughly my age. And I can't remember his name now. I mean, we're going back a long time. But he invited me to a VBS that summer. And my mom, we were Catholics growing up, and he was Baptist. And my mom said, you can go. I think she wanted us out of the house, right? Like, <laughs> like go, go to VBS. And we had a ball. It was a lot of fun. But I, I remember this. The very last day of VBS, we were in their sanctuary, and the pastor of the church gave an altar call for a bunch of kids, right? Not adults, for kids. And I got up and walked to the front of that church and gave my heart to the Lord when I was nine years old at a VBS, right? And I, the only reason I even share that with you right now, she said, invite someone. Maybe your thing is not the volunteer part and working directly, but maybe you have a child, a grandchild. Maybe there is a neighbor. You never know what God can do in the life of a child, even when they're eight, seven, nine years old, what can last an entire lifetime. Do you believe that? And I'm a byproduct of someone who just simply invited me to a VBS. And for sure, right? Like, not everything. It was, it was a moment in time that wasn't like this static thing. And from that point on, that's all we did. It was a process. But I believe that that was a time when God heard the heart of a nine-year-old boy and remembered that prayer. And so I just thought I would say to you, you just never know. So when you get an invitation like that, don't think in terms of, oh, come on. You just never know what God can do when you're obedient and you say yes to those things right there and, and how the Lord can change a life. So um, yeah, enough of that. Okay, uh, we're in a series called uh, Holy Spirit and uh, we're in the second weekend of the series. So if you weren't here last weekend, we're not so far into it that you can't catch up with us and bridge that gap real quickly. Um, and so here's what we're talking about this weekend. We're gonna talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and it's a practical message in that I think sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, so much of the teaching can make it so complicated. And then when it's complicated, it, like we can get it here in our heads, but we've got to practice it in our hearts. And until we practice it in our hearts, it doesn't have the power that God intends for it to have. So I don't want you just to like agree with me. I want you to be able to leave this room and then practice these things this week. Does that make sense? And what I'm trying to do, all cards on the table, my hope is to take a group of people. I said last week, I, I see you in this series in three different places. Some of you are far ahead of where I'm at when it comes to the understanding of the Holy Spirit. You've walked with God longer. Maybe you have, uh, you've just been in a situation where, where that's been an accelerated process in your life. So you're ahead of me. And, and can I say this? I'm comfortable with someone being ahead of me. That doesn't mean I can't be your pastor. Do you get that? Like if you have to have somebody that's ahead of you in every place in order to be your pastor, you, that's a tough place to put somebody in, right? So I, I'm comfortable that there are people ahead of me. I think there's a lot of people right where I am 
that you love the Holy Spirit, understand the Holy Spirit, that you on a day-by-day basis have an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit and you get what I'm talking about. And then I know that I know that there are people in this room who are new to this, brand new to this. Some people who have been taught in their lives stay away from that because that was great for the first century church, but God doesn't do those things anymore. And if you could just show me one scripture that says that, I'll agree with you. But if you can't show me that scripture and all that you have is some person's like thesis or argument, that's not enough for me to change scripture. Right? So we have this like eclectic group of people, which I'm so proud of and I'm so thankful for. But now if you're the teacher, I know the Bible says a couple of things that are really important about a group of people. One, it says that God commands his blessing in unity. Where you find unity, you find God's blessing. That means we need to be going in the same direction together. A house divided against itself, all going in different directions, isn't blessed. And we want to be blessed, right? We want to be blessed individually and as a group. So I'm trying to pull us all together and then move us towards something. And I believe that as we move together towards the things that God has for us in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, our church will get better, better, better. Worship will be better, right? Messages will be better. And not because the preacher got better, you'll hear it better than you've ever heard it before. And you didn't understand what I said, but it's really all things just because of God's presence and his activity, it will raise what our church is like. So I I want you to catch this. I don't want you just to agree with me. I want you to be able to practice this. So in talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be super practical uh, this weekend. So let's start with John chapter 15, verse 26. I'm going to read it to you out of two uh, versions of the Bible. The first one is the New King James Version. And I would say this, if you're looking for a good study Bible, like you just, like, you know, there's so many out there anymore, so many versions. You can open up, um, when, when I first started in ministry, you used to have to buy, you know, so many volumes of books to have a good library to study and to put a message together. I'd have 10, 12 books out on my desk trying to mark it with a little piece of paper or, you know, so I could pull this and couldn't, where did I just read that? Now with one piece of software, you can have 30 versions of the Bible at your fingertips and an unlimited amount of just uh, commentaries and concordances. And it's, but how do you, where do you start? It's like, there's so much now, where do you start? So I always tell people, if you're looking for a good study Bible, the new King James version, I recommend it for this reason. It takes out the these and the thous, right? Now, if you talk that way, go for it. But if you don't, then the New King James, what I like about it is it's a good translation uh, into English without, without having to stretch and change a lot of things, right? It makes it, it's just a good translation if you're looking for a study Bible. And then the second version I'm going to read to you is from the Amplified Bible. Why the Amplified? Because it's a little bit louder than the New King James. You didn't get my, it's a bad joke, but it's a good joke. It's a... Amplified, it's louder. It's like, never mind. You waste my time up here trying to. All right. And you'll see what I mean by louder. So, John 15, 26, out of the New King James. 
uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples. But in a larger sense, John 15 is called the priestly prayer. And when Jesus is talking to the disciples at this time, in the context, he actually stops and he begins to speak towards all of his disciples that will come in the preceding years. So this was a prayer prayed 2,000 years ago that's actually for today. It's a really powerful understanding. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples and then at large to all of his disciples. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So in this, we have three... um, three revelations of what the Holy Spirit does, and he does far more than that, but just in this one scripture. uh, He's a helper, he is the spirit of truth, and he is a testifier. He does those three things, a helper, the spirit of truth, and he'll testify. He'll testify about Jesus, testify about what's true, testify about what's not true. Uh, The Holy Spirit is sent not just like to be some some type of a spooky thing that, you know, like I I don't quite get that. I see he's in the Trinity, but I don't have a a, a way, an understanding of how he operates in my life. I would say the easiest way to understand the Holy Spirit, not the only way, but the easy way is to, to recognize Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help us. He helps us. So I want to read that same scripture to you from the Amplified now. And I, I'm joking about it being louder, but look at all of the different adjectives that it uses to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. But when the helper, and then it adds this, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, com- yes or no, that's louder. Did you get it? It just adds more to it. And all of these are correct. And, and they're not exhaustive either. This is like a fingernail of what all the Holy Spirit does. But when it describes him as being a helper, he helps us through counsel. He strengthens us. Uh, he's there to stand by us. When, when the intercessor, the advocate, the comforter, the helper comes, whom I will send uh, to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. How we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. What I want is for you, when you leave this place, I don't want you just to be smarter about the Holy Spirit. I want you to know how to practice the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want us to put aside all of our, our, our preconceived ideas about what you have or haven't been told, what you know, what you don't. Pull it all aside and let's together decide we're going to learn something today, not just for, like, I'm going to acquiesce to that uh, mentally. I want you to get it in your heart. And this week, I want you to practice the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. And let me ask, if you were here last weekend, I asked you to do that by welcoming the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis and by inviting him into your life, your car, your job, your marriage, your friendships. How many of you did that at least once this last week? Yes! Yes, and if you didn't, boo to you. Okay, uh, <laughs> and I hope this next weekend you will practice this. So here's what I did to be practical. Um, I, uh, on this last Tuesday, which was the 18th, um, I, I just want to show you how I lean into the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. So I kept a journal for that day of the activity with the Holy Spirit. Because I, I, when I say practical, I really want you to have an understanding. This is not for you to like pat me on the back. Way to go, Pastor John. I want you to understand what I'm teaching you right now. Let me show you how I apply it in my life. And if you think that I have a, a relationship 
with the Holy Spirit that's worthy, then folks, God is not a respecter of per. He hasn't done this for me because I'm the pastor or I'm special. He, he is not a respect. What he's done for me, he'll do for you if you want it. You can have this. And it is so powerful. So Tuesday morning, my day began at, <clears throat> excuse me, 530. And you don't have to begin your day at 530 in order to have the activity of the Holy Spirit. You can begin it at 10 if you want to. He is waiting for you. However, for pastor, here's the way that it works. My, my life is very busy and there's great demands on it. And so I have found that the only time that my house is quiet enough for me just to be in front of the Lord without all the interruptions, I've got to get up before Chris and before Brent. Uh, once that happens, then noise starts happening. And once noise starts happening, I don't know about you, but it's difficult for me to do anything else except kind of be sucked into the noise. You get what I mean by that? So I've got to start. So I'm up at 530. Here's how I begin my day. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Literally, I say it out loud. Good morning, Holy Spirit. If you're like, that is so weird. What is weird about loving God? What You say you're a Christ follower. You tell me that he lives inside of you. You tell me that you believe that he rose from the dead. That's weird. According to the world, that's weird. But you are not of the world. You're a Christ follower. And if you're a Christ follower, then talking to Jesus, talking to the Holy Spirit as though he's right there with you is the normal thing to do. In fact, it's weird not to talk to the Holy Spirit. The church has lost something. We believe and read these things, but don't practice these things. We should be practicing these things. So good morning, Holy Spirit. Here then is what I do. I get up and I spend some time, like the next hour, hour and a half, a couple of things. Uh, digest media, read my Bible, I pray, and I begin by asking the Holy Spirit, when I'm going to take in media, I ask the Holy Spirit, would you please read this with me and help me to understand what I'm, would you balance out what the media is saying with what you're saying? Because as a believer, if you read media and you don't have a good understanding of what God's doing in the world, the media will put a fear basis in you. That everything around you is going to hell in a handbasket very quickly. But is that what God says about this world? And somewhere the church today is cowering, uh, afraid of a world who is contrary and out to get them, rather than realizing you are the light, you are the salt, and you are the answer that God has for the world at large today. And you can't go out and do that in your own strength, by the way. You've got to do that through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So media, man, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, help me to understand this. Help me to, to put this in a context of what you're saying. When I read the Bible, I do the same thing. Help me to understand this. You ever read the Bible and not understood a word you read? Yes. Like, thank you for raising. Because everybody else is like, I, I don't even have a Bible. Come. <laughs> have you ever done this? Have you ever read it, closed it, and can't remember a word you read? Yes. Is that it? What is that? What is that? So when you're reading it, we're never reading it in order to check the box that says I read it for five or I read it for a chapter. Or, I we're, we don't read the Bible for that. We read the Bible so that it feeds us. So that our souls are straight. We've, our souls have eaten that morning. Is that, we've communed with the Father. We understand what he's saying about the world and about us and about people. So that when we read it, I ask the Lord, help me to understand this. And I'll just say this to you. Better for you to understand one verse than for you to read five chapters and not remember what you read. Honestly, 
somehow the idea of like, I put the time in, but I can't remember that it doesn't help. Read one thing and get it and practice that one thing. And I guarantee you, God will be pleased. He'll be pleased. So that's, and then spending time uh, when I pray. So it used to be, I'd have a prayer list and I still have one. There's things that people ask me to pray for. And I try to be very diligent when I say, if you ever hear me say the words, I will pray for you. I think people say that without really meaning that. And in my mind, I have this picture that when I stand before the Lord, he's going to go, you said you would pray about this. And I want to be able to go, and I did. So I have a list, but I'm going to be honest with you. A long time ago, my list began to shrink. And now I spend more time in the presence of the Lord, trying to listen to the Lord, as opposed to just telling him, everything that I want or that I need. And there's nothing wrong with bringing your, your needs to the Lord. And your, God wants us to do that. But somehow, prayer for many of us has turned into a monologue and there's no dialogue. And the power of prayer is answered prayer, not just you saying words. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? So there's a practice here through the Holy Spirit that you want. Okay, that's five, seven o'clock. I'm getting ready to leave the house. So I, I go to Chris. Chris and I have, we've developed this over the years. We pray together before either one of us leaves the house. Now that makes it sound like, wow, pastor, you guys get together and you have a prayer meeting. Sometimes that meeting is 20 seconds, literally. Sometimes it is, I grab her hand and we do three things at the minimum. We ask for the blood of Jesus to cover our lives. We ask to be delivered from evil and the evil one. And we ask God to watch out over our friends, our family, our church. When I say I pray for you every day, I pray for you every day. We prayed for you this morning. We watch over our church and pray over our church and ask the Lord to be there. So that's 7. 7.30 on Tuesday mornings, I have a standing meeting with Pastor Terry. And Terry and I, this past week, sit at Corner Bakery. And Terry and I talked about the activity of the Holy Spirit inside of our church. And what's going on in people's lives. And encouraging each other in those things. Now, I know I'm a pastor. Dude, I get paid to do this. Is there a cooler job in the world? How awesome it is to do that. But you don't have to be paid. I did this long before I ever got paid for it. To talk to God, to listen to God. So Terry and I sit and we talk about the activity of the Holy Spirit and encourage each other in that 8.30 in that same place. Then the teaching team comes in and we begin to develop this message and this series on the activity of the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit saying? We're talking about what God is doing. We're listening. We're inviting the Holy Spirit. At 10 o'clock, listen to how spiritual this is. I have to break away from those things and go to the bank. Super spiritual, right? So going to the bank, in the car, listen, I'm just being practical with you. I say to the Holy Spirit, I'm available. Big words. Want to talk to somebody? Want me to stop and do something? It's as much your time as it is my time right now. Walk into the bank, listen to this. (laughs) And at Colorado um, Credit Union, they're playing a Rush song in the lobby of... A bank is playing Rush. And if you don't know who Rush is, I'm so sorry for you, man. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But the funny thing is like Rush was what I listened to when I was in high school, back when Neanderthals were still roaming around the earth. And so this very young teller, 
I said, I can't believe you guys are playing Rush. And this is what she says. It's awesome, isn't it? And I said, are you a Rush fan? She said, I've never heard one of their songs in my life. (laughs) What is that? So (laughs) I said, when I was in high school, I used to love to listen to Rush. I said, but man, I said, my whole life is different than how it was back then. And will she say why? Or will she just say, how much money do you need? And she said, why? And I had a chance just to share the love of Jesus with her. It wasn't the five spiritual laws. It was just God's goodness in my life. How God rescued me and how God helped me. And she thought that was a wonderful story. And it was just a chance. And I'll ask, how many people did you share the love of Jesus with this last week? And I guarantee you, all day long, God is bringing people in your pathway. And if you will become in this relationship that I'm talking about, you don't even have to get good at knowing how to witness to people. All you have to do is be good at sharing the hope that's in your heart. Do anybody in this room have hope in your heart? That's all the Bible requires us to do. Be willing to share the hope that's in your heart. Just hope. If you have hope, it's an easy thing to share. So I spend a few minutes with her. I get the money that I need for a purchase. And then I take off and go to the office. Now, here's my exciting day at the office. The very first meeting that I have, Amy to talk about all the problems at the office. Pastor Todd to talk about all the problems with the new building. We sold our office building and we've moved out of half of it. So I've got half the staff meeting here during the week. The other half is meeting where the offices are. Pretty soon we're going to have to move out of there and use this building. And then we have to move out of this building in September. And then their big question is, and what will we do between that time and when the new building is ready? You know what I do? Holy Spirit. (laughs) Need an answer for all these great questions because right now I don't have a clue what we're going to do. We're looking and working hard and trying to figure it out. And I just went back to God and said, am I at the right place at the right time doing what you want me to do? Yes, you are. Okay, guys, I have peace about this. I don't know the answer, but God knows. So we're going to be okay. So by the way, let me just explain this to you. Whether you call on the Holy Spirit or not, you're going to have problems in this world. There's good news. Jesus said his words, in this world, you will have trouble or problems. You can, either way is good, but fear not because I've overcome the world. So the Bible and being a believer and doing what I'm telling you to do is not some like force field or bubble that keeps trouble. It just bounces off of you. No, trouble's going to come, but you can either handle it with the Holy Spirit or by yourself. And I've just learned I'm no match by myself, but with the Holy Spirit, dude, just what Jesus said, we overcome. So I'm dealing with all these real things, but I'm doing it with the Holy Spirit At three o'clock, I have to write a letter to the Israel team. And the Israel team is, what happened in Israel this last week? Anybody paying attention? So I've got 30 some odd people that are hoping to go to Israel. And their biggest concern prior to two weeks ago was, will this COVID clear up in time for us to be able to go? And then a war breaks up. And here's what I tell everybody that signs up for Israel. These are two things I say it every time when they, when they sign on the dotted line. I say, this is going to happen. Remember I said it. One, people who love you are going to tell you you're going to die if you go to Israel. They love you, but they're going to tell you that because they're afraid of it. They don't have any idea. And then the second thing is something is going to happen in the land once you sign up. Now, something happens in the land all the time, but now you're going to be acutely aware of it because you're going to Israel. 
So I need to write them a letter and try to bring some kind of comfort to them, but I can't give them false hope. I, so I'm, Holy Spirit, what is going on and what do you want me to say? So I'm talking to our guide there and our guide says simply this, there will be a ceasefire this week. So I write in the letter, there will be a ceasefire this week. I believe it in all my heart. Tell me what happened. Ceasefire. Now, will, will there be something else? There's always something else that goes on over there. But after 15 trips, I can just tell you, like, you need the Holy Spirit just dealing with day-to-day. -day th How many of you need more peace in your life with all the stuff that's going on? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the helper. And I'm just trying to be practical with you right now. How this works in my life. Uh, four o'clock. The Holy Spirit gave me a money-making idea. So we always think of the Holy Spirit only doing church things. So I'm just going to ask the question here. Be real for a minute. How many of you would love a money-making idea from the Holy Spirit? You got your hand up first? You get it. All of you? Second place. First place. Right back there. You. Yes, that's right. So the Holy Spirit just gave me a money-making idea. And I actually, I did it. And it worked. It worked. Now, I know people are like, but you're a pastor. You need money? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's just weird, right? I was trying to eat manna, but it just didn't work like I thought it was. So I needed some money. At six o'clock, I had a board meeting. <laughs> I'll let this out real quick. I'll talk more about it on the first and second weekend of June. But here's the situation that we find ourselves in right now. And I'm just being practical with you. Last year as we're putting everything together uh, for our new building, um, I went to three different estimators so that they weren't related to each other. I wanted three different estimates to tell me how much is this gonna cost per square foot so I could figure the price. And everybody told me, figure it at $120 per square foot. So I padded it to $130 a square foot to make sure that I had enough. And coming out of COVID, let me just give you, Lumber is 130% more than it was a year ago at this time. Steel is almost double. Labor, if you can find the laborers, are up. And everybody's looking at me and going, Pastor, I'm so sorry. And I think that they're genuine in that, but man, does that put me in a bad place, right? Because here's the number and what we raised, and then here's the gap. And when you... I, have, I can't raise prices on a product that we sell. <laughs> and so, like, Holy Spirit, you knew, but I didn't. And I want to freak out right now. Can I just... Does anybody else ever feel like you just want to freak out right? Just like... Ah! And so I have a board meeting and I have to relay that information to the board... And I'm like, oh, and my board, God bless, <laughs> my board just goes, Pastor, I'm surprised you didn't find out about this sooner. They all said, you know, the government saying inflation isn't going to hit, but it's already out there, isn't it? Yeah. I said, yeah, it is. And that's not what the message is today. But if it's in construction, it's just a matter of time before it's in retail, folks. How much are houses costing right now? Yay or nay. I mean, it's just the reality of situation. I'm not, it's just a reality of situation. So my board, just God bless them. We are with you. <laughs> the church is with you. Lead on, pastor. It's all good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Get done with that. It was a, 
not the funnest meeting I've ever had. It's a couple of hours, 10 o'clock, I'm tired. My day started at 5.30 and it was not one of those, you know, there were some fun things, but not everything was fun. So 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to sleep. And the last words out of my mouth after praying with my wife and telling her that I love her was, listen to this, not just good night, Holy Spirit, but I love you, Holy Spirit. You ever said those words? Be honest. Say them out loud. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. It made all the difference in my day today. It didn't change the problems, but it changed me in the problems. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, Pastor, we didn't need a moment-by-moment blow of your day. But I'm, I'm trying to be practical with you in how I lean on the Holy Spirit. So look at me real quick. There's a verse that um, it talks about Peter and John in the book of Acts. This is after Jesus has ascended and Peter and John, I talked about it last week, man. They are fire-breathing preachers for God. And what the religious hierarchy in Jerusalem thought they killed when they crucified Christ now has spread to multiple people who are doing the exact same things of Jesus. So they grab Peter and John and then it makes this comment. They recognized that these were not educated men, but they had been with Jesus. So look at me real quick. Through all the stuff this week, can you look at me and see that Pastor John has spent time with Jesus this week. Dude, I am, I'm okay. Now, and you can come in bent over from problems or you can come in standing on top of problems. And what's the difference? How you interact with the Holy Spirit that week. Does anybody hear what I'm saying right now? And my, my problems are gonna be different than your problems. I get that. But the same Holy Spirit is working in all these. All right, so let me... Uh, uh, Let me give you the three fill-in-the-blanks if you want them, if you're taking the notes. And if you want to just write them down, that's great. And if you just are listening, here's the first one. When it comes to the activity, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us always be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be filled, be filled. And what I taught last week is that when, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, if you have invited Christ into your life, whatever language you want to, you're born again, whatever language you you want to use for that. If you're a Christ follower, you were given the Holy Spirit When you became a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit. I can guarantee you, you have the Holy Spirit. But what I showed last week is there's not just one time where you meet the Holy Spirit. There are ongoing activities that you can experience with the Holy Spirit if you want them. And I I, I think I proved that in scripture. And that's why I'm inviting you into this. Like, yes, you're born again. This is not a heaven and hell issue. This is an abundant life issue. Listen to what I'm saying. This is not heaven and hell. You don't go to heaven based on your decision to interact with the Holy Spirit. You go to heaven based on the work of Jesus. But the abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10, 10, I came to give life and not just any life, but abundant life, a life that's worth having. How? I know believers in this church who love God, have served him for years, but they do not have abundant life. They're going to heaven, but they do not have abundant life. When does that kick in? How do, we, how do we achieve that? How do we grasp that? How do we live that in our life? And I'm trying to tell you, it's in a relationship with the Holy Spirit that abundant life happens for you. You can't do this. If you could do the Christian life, then you don't even need a savior. You could have saved yourself. But you can't live this life. You can't achieve these things. You can't even go after these things. You can surrender to Jesus. And it is God's good pleasure to will and to work in your life. It's he who does it in you. 
So this whole idea of being filled, Ephesians 5.18, look at this. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. That's pretty plain, huh? Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So don't be, it's like a juxtaposition. You can turn to things that bring temporary joy and temporary pleasure and temporary satisfaction, but in the long run, they're killing you. And I know believers who are doing things that are killing the life that they have. And so God gives his alternative. Don't be drunk with this stuff that is temporary and harming you. Instead, be filled be filled. And the word filled there, it's two, it's two meanings. Uh, it means to be consistently, constantly, always filled, but it's the word replete. I'm sure you're familiar with the word complete, but what does the word replete? All right, so I'm going to do this demonstration. They're shooting it over here so that the people at home and the people in the back can see it. So I would just suggest, rather than looking at me, look up at the screen right now. Look at my cool tennis shoes, man. Show that again real fast. Okay, very good. Um, let me do this. So, okay, if you're a believer, this is just an illustration, I think this is your life. I think uh, if you're born again, you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. He's always there. People tend to think of the Holy Spirit in like, um, you know, either I have it or I don't have it. And I would, I'm just, if, you, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And praise God, it's like the guarantee that when God picks you up, he sees you have the Holy, you're the genuine thing. But then we have this, this admonishment, be filled always. And the word filled means replete, not complete, replete. All right, here's the difference between the two. This is complete and replete. Can you see it? Replete is to always be overflowing in your life with, when we say the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and good, self, be overflowing with self-control. And you go out of here trying to be self-disciplined. And I wonder how disappointed you are in yourself. But the work of the Holy Spirit, not the work of John, the work of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So you are supposed to be in this relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you don't just have some of the Holy Spirit, but you are every day being filled and overflowing. And why would you need to be overflowing in your life? Because you live in a world with people who are constantly pulling from you. Yes or no? Do you live in that same world that I do? My goodness, man. By the end of the day, this is hard to achieve by the end of the day without the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes or no? Yes. All right, so, so this is good. Love this. Let me give you one more example that is... Fun. Pastor DeMay did this, but he did it in a different way. Dan, Dan used this idea of sin, that the red would represent sin in our life, and that if we let the Holy Spirit fill us, you know, the Holy Spirit will deal with sin, and he'll begin to overtake the sin. I'm, let's, let's move away from that. Let's say that instead of sin, let's say that for most believers, the biggest challenge you face in your life is your own flesh. Anybody else have flesh? <laughs> so, oh man. Uh, well, let me, let me do the demonstration. So, we're dealing with flesh, and flesh, flesh can kill a marriage. Flesh can ruin a friendship. 
flesh, flesh can lose a job. Flesh can cause you just to, it can take over your life and that's not God's intention. So that the Holy Spirit, when your flesh is strong and you allow the infilling of the Holy Spirit where it is just not only complete, but replete in your life. And every day, the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, is the thing that is filling your life and not your flesh. Let me hold it up because it's just a reflection right now. Can you see how clean suddenly it gets? And the trick is not for you to figure out how you make this clean. The whole point is for you to open yourself up to the filling and the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit so that it is taking that flesh and instead of flesh winning in your life, the Spirit is winning in your life. And abundant life, listen to me, abundant life is found in this formula. Abundant life is not found when your flesh is in control of your emotions, when your flesh is in control of your decisions, when your flesh is deciding how you feel about people, how you respond to people, how you act. When the Spirit is filling you and you are strengthened in your inner man, then you are winning. You are an overcomer based on what Jesus said. And that's abundant life, man. Because then no matter what is thrown at you, abundant life is not this thing that can be taken on and in and out. Abundant life can remain permanently in your life when you allow this filling to happen in an ongoing way in your life. So let me, let me do this real quick because I'll, I'm just going to run out of, out of time. Um, this idea of, of like, um, you know, how to be filled. If, if I'm going to be practical with you, I think that many times when the, when the filling of the Holy Spirit is talked about, it's usually I was at an altar, at a camp, or at a, at a special retreat, and a bunch of people gathered around me, and they laid hands on me, and everybody was praying real loud, and I just sent, I had this gift. That's a, that is a slice of a gift, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit is far more than a gift. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, the way that it happens for me, in the morning, when I get up, I sit before the Lord, I actually turn my hands up like this. And if you're like, that's weird, is what you're doing working for you? <laughs> if it is, go for it. But if you need some help, would you listen to me right now? So I sit, I've got a recliner. Sit in the recliner, turn my hands up, and say to the Lord, would you fill me right now? And then instead of jumping up to turn the channel or to run and take, Holy Spirit, fill me now. And then I wait to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wait. You have to learn to become present to his presence. Once you know the Holy Spirit is there, you can recognize it. What could it be like in a church service if we all recognized the presence of the Holy Spirit was here? And the presence of the Holy Spirit wanted to heal right now. So that instead of us sitting there, I'm not, I'm not sure. If we all learned how to recognize the presence, we could jump and go, God wants to heal right now. Or the Lord has a word of knowledge and wisdom to direct us into the future. Let's listen to this. And we all were aware that the Holy Spirit was doing, so that we're not arguing. Is that the Holy Spirit? I don't know if that's a, I don't know if I like the, anybody hear what I'm saying? Well, let me, the second one, I'm just going to run out of time. I'm sorry, I have to hurry. The second one, if you're going to be filled, learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. Look at this real quickly. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
the, the thing that takes us away from condemnation and trying to use self-discipline to read the Bible, self-discipline to pray, self-discipline to, to write a check. What takes us away from all of those things, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can talk to us. And then there's joy in reading and there's joy in praying and there's joy in giving and there's joy in going to church. Can you imagine? Let me talk about the flesh real quickly. Galatians chapter 5, uh, 24 and 25. Look at this. Those who belong to Christ. How many in this room belong to Christ? Okay, if you belong to Christ, here's what you do. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature, the flesh, to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow or be led uh, by the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So this flesh issue... And nailing that thing to the cross. Pastor John deals with flesh. And I'm just the one that always has to fillet myself in front of everybody. So my latest adventure in the flesh happened on Friday of this week. And I live by Lucent and 470. Driving seems to be where my flesh comes alive. Uh, I don't struggle in... You know, there's so many things I've overcome. But this one still is like... Like he... He's supposed to be nailed to the cross, but somehow he comes back to life suddenly. Anybody else know that guy, right? Yes, be honest with me, right? This zombie awakens inside of me. So I'm driving my car, and apparently, as I turn from Lucent onto the on-ramp of 470, going eastbound, the guy behind me didn't think I was going fast enough, so he's just right on me, man. And my flesh is like, can you believe this guy's doing this to you? He doesn't know who you are. And you've got to tell him who you are. So that he'll stop doing this right now. And the thing, oh, I hate this. Tell me if you hate this. While we're trying to merge onto 470, I got my blinker on. This dude comes up and goes from behind me all the way over to the left lane where I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it the right way. And he's cheating. <laughs> cheating. You've been there. You said, I have this overdeveloped sense of right and wrong that suddenly comes alive. Now, here's what he doesn't know. He's driving a combustion engine, and I have an electric car. An electric car has this. When you press the gas on a combustion engine, it takes a moment for the gas to go into the piston and to explode and then to rev up, and then the car takes off. But when it's electric, everything you got is instant when you press it. And I said, this guy is not beating me into that lane down there. So I hit it. I get in front of him, and then I mash on the brakes to let him know who he's messing with. And then I said this to myself, if it needs to go down, down it's going. I said that. I said that. All five foot seven of me. It's funny, huh? Oh, Pastor John. Anybody else have flesh in your life? So we're laughing about something that's cute, but let me, when it gets into your marriage, flesh will kill a marriage. Flesh will kill a church. Flesh will kill a relationship. So you're crying out for God every day, where is this abundant life? And then your flesh is so strong that God's crying out to you, crucify this thing because my plan for you is so much greater. 
and we just exalt. And then Paul, do you remember these words right here? I pray that you'd be strengthened in your inner man. If you can be strengthened in the inner man, then by proxy, you can also be weakened in the inner man. There's a battle. One is going to be strong and one is going to be weak. Either flesh is going to be strong and spirit's going to be weak or spirit's going to be strong and flesh is going to be weak. And churches are filled with people who are going to heaven because heaven's not based on your flesh. It's based on what Jesus did. But you do not have abundant life because your flesh has taken over. It's not being crucified. In fact, you pamper it. You treat it good. And we exalt it. And then we wonder, why am I not experiencing this abundant life? Why does it seem like my prayers just bounce off the ceiling? You with me? So the Holy Spirit's like great at revealing truth to us. That's what it said. So I mash on the brakes. And I'm ready to fight. Don't even know this guy. But surely he hates me and that's why he did that to me. Mash on the brakes and then the Holy Spirit goes, really? Really? You're going to do this? You know, maybe the benefit of maturity in Christ is that you can surrender quicker. And instantly, man, it wasn't guilt. It was just grief. Oh, why did I do that? God. Ah. Holy Spirit. John, pull over and let him pass you. No, not that. Please. Please don't make me do that. Please. Anything but that, Lord. Anything. He'll win if I do that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But I didn't have the courage to look at him as he went by. I just... Listen... I use humor to disarm people. We all struggle with flesh. And that's why the Bible tells us, if you are a Christ follower, you have to be constantly crucifying your flesh. So that this spirit in you and God's spirit given to you that's what controls your life. That's what fills you and that's what leads you because that's what leads to abundant life. And I'll give you the last one and then I've just, I've got to close. If you're going to be filled and you're going to be led, then you should be fruitful. So let me read the other part. The first two verses uh, before Galatians talking about the flesh talks about the fruit of the spirit, the work of the spirit. So this is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, I know the answer before I say this. How many of you want more joy in your life? And you want more love in your life. And you want more peace in your life. What would you give for more peace? My pastor years ago taught this message on the price of peace. 
When peace becomes so important to you that you recognize there's a price to be paid, will you pay the price to have peace? The price in this case is that your flesh has to be crucified so that you can have peace. Because if your flesh is taking over your life, the fruit of flesh is that you will have no peace, man. You will have no peace. So the fruit of being filled and being led is that you will have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So let me say this. I I just need, this is practical. I want you to understand this. You are not going to leave this place trying to have more love. You are not going to leave this place trying to be joyful. You're not going to leave this place trying to be people of self-control. That is not what this is saying to do. This is a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, of crucifying your flesh and allowing God's Spirit to be the thing that you are listening to and you are surrendering to and you are filled with. Does that make sense? So I wrote it this way and see if this this can bring it together. Intimacy produces fruit. Any person in this room who's ever had a child, you intimacy produces the fruit of it. Your job, listen to me, look, 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 get this. This is, the whole thing hinges on this. Your job this week is to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. The intimacy produces all of those things that we all said we want. Want more peace? Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Want more joy? Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And as you learn to do this more and more and greater and greater and you grow in this, your life is filled with these things. That's abundant life. That's what... There's no substitute. No money can buy it. And no one can take it from you without your agreement. Did you just hear what I said? Nobody can take it without you first agreeing to let them take it. That's how powerful this is. Mm. All right. Um, We will pray. And uh, next week I'm going to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask you one more time to be praying this week to be active with the Holy Spirit this week, but I want you to put away all your preconceived ideas and notions. And I don't want you to think, okay, I agreed with him up until this point, and I'm just not sure what next week. God gives good gifts. He is not a practical joker. Honestly, he's not gonna do something to you that you're like, oh, he got me. You will go, yes, that's, that's exactly what I want. Okay, to be replete is what I want you to practice this week. I I don't know that you have the luxury of starting your day like I can start mine. So if you can't do it then, you have to find a place for God's presence. You have to. And from time to time, people will come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, my schedule is just so busy. I I just can't. I can't find a time. It's almost like they want me to agree that it's impossible for them to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Look at me. I will never agree with you about that. I will not do it. That's not to say that I don't believe that you're busy or that you have some out of control schedule. I know that that happens. Mine can be that way. But I know that you can prioritize God's presence in your life if you want to. You can do it. We've got to say we can do that. And so I, I just believe like this is to be replete, to just be filled and all that God wants to do, just let him keep filling you. And if you can't get it all the way to the very top and overflowing, move it from here to here.
and let God have more this week. And maybe then it moves to here this week. And then maybe next week, it's just overflow. Maybe some of you will go home and it will be like a fire hose. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That you, wouldn't it be great if you said to God, I can't take any more joy. <laughs> wouldn't that just be like, like your testimony next week was, Pastor, I just, please tell him to stop loving me. I can't stand anymore. <laughs> the peace is so great. I have no worries in my life. I don't know what to do with my time. Wouldn't that just be, and I'm being facetious, but Father, <clears throat> we love you. And as a people, we gather together. And I got again, there's people all over the map here, some way ahead of me, some who are like, Pastor, duh. We figured this out a long, long time ago. I, I man, I'm thankful for people who understand this in a very mature way, who get this. And you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Would you please be praying for our church? Would you please agree with me that God wants to take us to a deeper level, that he wants to mature us, that we're going to all look more like Jesus when this is said and done. For those who are where I'm at, and you're just like, I'm, I'm going to practice this more this week, Pastor John. I'm not going to let my flesh be the thing that dictates how I respond, how I live. And when it does, let's say this, when it does, you will be quick to say to God, I need to crucify this thing right now. And I want my inner man to be strengthened. And if you're on the very beginning part of this, you've just never heard things like this, or you've just never been able to grasp them before, then your job, again, it's not to go out of here and try to do these things. Your job is to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, here I am. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, work in me. You can even say, God, I don't understand all these things. And I feel pretty unqualified to try to even talk about them. But God, here I am. I'm just going to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to ask you to help me. And that's the thing. With great humility, we approach the very throne of God asking for grace and mercy in our time of need. And his answer to us is yes. I guess, I, I just, I'm sorry folks, I can't, I gotta do this. When I mentioned about the flesh ruining different parts of our lives, I don't mean to like hit and run, say something and cause you to go ouch and then off I go. Those things are said because God is our healer. He is a faithful friend. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And nothing that I said was meant to bring any condemnation to you. If when I talk about the flesh, you get it and you recognize how strong your flesh is, you can point to the damage that your flesh is doing. God doesn't want you to feel bad. That doesn't serve any purpose. God wants you to cry out to him for help. God wants you to learn to crucify that thing and nail it to the cross of Christ. God wants you to be filled with his spirit. He wants you to learn 
how to live this spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, <laughs> Holy Spirit life. God's not trying to give you some Christian lifestyle that's impossible. He wants to give you life, a life that's worth having, abundant life. And I want you to just humble yourself for a moment. Put down your guard. Don't justify anything. If you find yourself in a place where your flesh is just, it's strong. It's determining how you feel, what you say, what you're doing, how you think about things. Then I want you just to simply say to the Lord today, God, you've got to help me. My flesh is controlling. My flesh has been exalted. My flesh is running away with everything. God, help me. And I don't know what I might be putting my finger on right now, but I just know that God doesn't want you to leave here and feel bad. He wants you to leave here and be free. It was for freedom that Jesus set us free. And so I just pray over every person. If your flesh is just, it's having a field day. I pray in the name of Jesus that that thing would be quiet. If your flesh is ever stronger and ever stronger. In the name of Jesus, I pray that he'd drive a nail through it right into the cross of Christ. If your flesh is ruining and keeping you from abundant life, then in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, I pray God's will over you, God's working over you, God's help in your life. I pray you would learn this week to surrender. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us up and then overflowing, abundant life like you call us to. God, there's so much here and so little time right now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.